It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to this version of the Legally Steel Show for this Saturday, August the 7th. I'm your host, S.C. Day, coming to you live from the beautiful city of Tampa, Florida. Although it's hot, still beautiful. Nice beaches, you ought to come and visit. There are no oil, there's no oil on our beaches. Yes, I'm promoting my state. I'll be coming to you every Saturday uh, at this time, 2 p.m. in your Eastern Time Zone. Listen, we got a great show for you today, a lot of information uh, for those would-be car buyers that are planning on buying a vehicle here, hopefully, within the next three months. Um, later in the show, I'll be opening up the lines to take your questions, so feel free to call. Um, also, we have a chat function that will be open as well, so you know, if you don't want to be on the air, you don't want people to hear your voice, you can always chat your question to me, and uh, I will make sure I get it posted and ask your question online. Um, the number for the call-in is, if you don't have a pen, get one. I'll wait. Three, two, one. Okay, here we go. That number is 347-637-1008. I'll tell you again, 347-637-1008. Feel free to call in, and we will, of course, take your take your question online, and then we'll go ahead and get that answered for you. Also, if you have uh, some specific information you may want to know, you can always email the show at legallysteal.info. That's T H E S H O W at legallysteal.info. Um, today's show is going to be about knowing yourself. I know it's kind of crazy. People say, well, what do you mean, know yourself before you go and buy a vehicle? It's a lot of information surrounding that. And, of course, I have to plug in. Uh, the show is based on my book, How to Legally Steal Your Next Vehicle and Save Thousands. It's a consumer informational guide to effective vehicle negotiations. Uh, so if you don't have it, you want to get a copy, take my words. It will be the best $15 you've spent. Guaranteed it'll save you thousands. And of course, my publisher don't want me to put this out this way, but if your book, if you utilize the book, and it does not save you money, I will buy your book back from you. That's your challenge. That's your guarantee. The book does not save you thousands of dollars. I'll buy your book back from you. Take my word. It's the best $15 you've spent or you will spend. Um, we're already getting... Getting calls, which reminds me, I'm going to tell you about a good thing that happened this week. But we're already getting calls um, back in emails from people that have actually purchased the book and read through the book, and they're very excited. And, of course, these are unsolicited opinions. We want people to be straight up, honest, and to the point. And let us know what you think about the book. Um, this week, I was a, I was a guest interviewee on 
a national syndicated show, daytime TV, and had a chance to talk to wonderful hosts, Cindy and Dave, and just put out really good information about the book. Not long enough, but I understand it's national TV, so we got to re- move you through it real quick. But it was a, it was a chance for people to see the book and attach it to a faith. And I have to say, I didn't look pretty bad on on camera, so I'm planning on doing a whole lot more of of those type of interviews to make sure people understand what's going on, so uh, you know they can save themselves save themselves thousands of dollars. Uh, the purpose of this show is to give you knowledge. We've heard the old cliche of knowledge is power. Well, I challenge that. Knowledge is not power, people. Knowledge is not power. Knowledge is potential power. Applied knowledge is power. You know, I can tell you something all day long, but we've seen, um, you know, I'm sure in our lifetime, broke educated people. Got a lot of knowledge, but they did nothing with it. So I, I, I challenge you to apply the knowledge to make it powerful for you. Uh, that's what we do in the book. Uh, make sure that you're getting the knowledge so when you go to the dealership, you have the knowledge and the skills to help you legally steal. Hey, I like that. Nice rhyme. Nice rhyme. Have the knowledge and the skills to teach you to legally steal your next purchase, regardless of what it may be. Okay. Enough of that. I'm going to get to the show um, so you can really pick up on some good information. Um, today's topic is know yourself, um, you know, versus knowing your needs versus your wants. And it's, you know, the pre-planning phase that every individual should look into before they actually go and buy a vehicle. These are the things that you need to assess yourself uh, before you go into the dealership. Now, mind you, most consumers, well, here's a little fact for you, 97% of Americans are payment buyers. Now, that means that 97% of us will have to finance our vehicle when we buy it. And in the book, you'll see down during the negotiation phase, which is, you know, several shows from now, definitely get your book. You'll be able to follow along with me and learn some stuff here. But the financing phase of the vehicle process is where you lose all of your money. Yes, all of your money. The majority of your money is lost during the financing phase, that last 15 minutes that you're in the dealership. You can spend days upon days researching, negotiating, trying to get the best price, going back and forth, bantering with the salesperson, with the sales manager. And then you walk into the dealership. You've gotten through all those phases, and you're at the last end, and now the last 15 minutes of the your time spent at the dealership is where you will lose your money. And, again, we'll talk about that down the road so you can get more into it. But most people think that the car buying process is one of the worst experiences a person can endure. And until I got into the business and understood the business, I agree. It's a very, very intimidating process. Uh, you are haggling about the prices. <clears throat> Excuse me. The sales pressure uh, coming from the salesperson, the sales manager, um, the complicated financing process, it's, 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 it's enough to take its toll on the buying consumer. It really is. 
And to add, you know, if you don't understand the process, you can lose tens of thousands of your hard-earned dollars. People, this is your money, the money that you're earning. This is after-tax dollars that you're getting ready to spend. And if you're not careful, you can lose that money. Because once the deal is completed and you drive away from the dealership, it's your car. It's no longer theirs, it's yours, and you may not realize it until you get your first payment. And that's when reality kicks you in the head. So, you know, as the vehicle buyer, uh, you have to keep in mind that this is a multi-billion dollar industry. These guys know what they're doing. They practice this. They live it. They smell it. They breathe it every day. Average consumer, we may buy a vehicle every three to five years. Tough times, like now. Oh, no, you may not purchase your vehicle or another vehicle for five to seven years. Well, what does all that mean? If you take a long, a long time between the process, well, you get rusty on the process. First of all, no one likes buying cars. No one likes the whole idea of negotiations. So we tend to only look at it when we need to, and that's when we're getting ready to purchase that vehicle a couple of months before. But after we purchase our vehicle, we do a big sigh of relief, and we're done. We're done with that vehicle. Now I can drive it and look at it for the next four or five years before I have to get another. Pray to God that nothing happens or, you know, wheels fall off, the car engine goes, and I'm out of warranty. Now I have to go back and do the process all over again. So one of the things that we want to teach you is, is to do a fair assessment of yourself before you ever get started. You know, uh, look into what you need. One of the things that um, that I used to do when I did seminars was to teach an individual, take care of your needs first, then take care of your wants. Of course, we all want, you know, you know the niceties, the leather, the, you know, the air conditioning. Well, okay, hold on, let me retract that. In Florida, you need air. Okay, but there are some states that you may not need air but a couple of days out of the year. So if they're going to charge you extra for the air conditioning, you don't really need it. But here in the South, you need air conditioner. Well, let's go on a little further and look at things like how, what type of your driving habits are you going to have? How often are you going to be driving? When you're driving, how much weight are you going to be pulling? Are you going to have a lot of people in the vehicle? Are you going to be towing a lot of stuff? So, you know, you have to look at, do you need two doors or four doors? Um, do you need a four-cylinder, V6, V8? God forbid a V10. They're out there, people. They're out there. Uh, but, you know, the fuel, burning up the fuel on a V10 is, it'll cost you more than your car note every month. But, these are things that we want you to look at. Also, now that's just the car aspect. You also want to look at, in knowing yourself, is how much can you afford? How much can you afford to pay on that vehicle every month? Now, mind you, when you buy the vehicle, you're looking at more than just the price of the vehicle. You're looking at the insurance. You're looking at operational cost of the vehicle. Uh, maintenance costs, yes, you can get a three-year, 36,000-mile bumper-to-bumper warranty on new cars, which is pretty much standard operating procedure now, but it doesn't cover wearable items, okay? Wearable items, your brakes, your tires, your fluids, your hoses, 
doesn't cover things like that because those are things that are meant to break down over a certain amount of time and usage um, for you to get that vehicle or to operate that vehicle. So these are things that you need to take into account before you actually go out and purchase that vehicle. And, of course, you know, once you've done all this, done the research, and we're going to get more into it, but once you've done all this and done all the research and now you're ready to go to the dealership, now the games begin. So I want to start this off, this this piece, with a quote. Um, and I have it in a book. Uh, I, of course, have to give credit to the gentleman. His name is Pete Seeger. But he made a comment years ago, and he said, education is, you know, when you read the fine print. Experience is what you get if you don't. Now, that's very powerful and very profound, which it was enough for me to actually want to put it in the book because what we're talking about here is education, teaching yourself the knowledge you need to know to beat the dealer or level, equalize the playing field, if you will. And experience is what you get when you, if you don't do this. And, and when you go to the dealership, remember, those of you who have actually purchased a home, you know that when you go to closing, you have a mountain full of paperwork, a lot of documents you have to sign. And that's why, you know, normal closings are done near in an attorney's office um, because you want to make sure that you're not getting stuck with something that's going to cost you later. However, in the car industry, we don't carry attorneys with us. Um, we go into the finance office, and there's no attorney. What you have is a finance and insurance manager, the lifeline of the dealership, truly the lifeline, because if they, don't, if they can't get your deal approved, you don't buy a car. And if you don't buy a car, well, the dealership can't survive. So they are the lifeline of the dealership. And that 15 seconds or 15 minutes I was talking earlier, this is where you lose your money because they're sliding paperwork in front of you and you know, telling you basically in a layman's term what the paperwork is. But if you don't read it, you're going to suffer. You're going to pay a whole lot more for that vehicle than you ever planned on it. And you may be paying for things that you just don't need, you know. Um, but back to know, know yourself and what you want. Um, let's, let's break this down. The art of buying and selling a vehicle begins with negotiating, Okay. And you as the consumer have to know, you have to know that sales are not personal. They're simply sales. It's the process of exchanging something. I want to, as a salesperson, I want to exchange your money for my vehicle. So now we just come down to where can we meet on a uh, negotiable term for you to take my money and me to take your vehicle, okay? So... Sales are not personal, and of course, when you go to the dealership, they're going to wear and tear on you, and it feels like it's personal. It really does, because, you know, I don't want you to get too close to me because I may tell you something that you don't need to know or something that's going to hurt me in the process. Well, that's part of, that's part of the process. As a, as a young salesman, my goal was to get you into the dealership. I couldn't sell you a car over the telephone. And once I got you into the dealership, I'm now going to start checking to see if you know who you are. 
if you know what you want. And I do this by asking probing questions. And they may not be probing questions like you think they are. They're questions like, so, how long have you lived in the area? Great, great. Um, How long have you been working at your job? Really? So what is it that you do? Wow. You know, my brother used to do that type of job. These are the type of questions that I would ask. Why do I ask them? I don't really care about the job that you're on. I only really care about how much you're working or how much you're making on the job and how long you've been there. My anecdotal stories of my brother used to do this or I used to do this or I have a cousin that used to do the same thing. That's merely to get you on my side, to let you know that I'm not the enemy. I'm your friend. So I, you know, the more I talk to you in a non-threatening way, the more you're going to open up to me. Now, I have to say that the dealerships, the dealerships are changing. Uh, they're not as gruff, unless your credit is terrible, and we'll talk about that later, but they're not as gruff and in your face if your credit is good. So they're changing to the point of, I, I read something the other day, and it was um, dealerships stepping to the 21st century. Well, we know... Well, let me tell you, cars sell themselves. That's why you go to the dealership. You go there to buy a vehicle. You're not going there to make friends. You go there to buy a vehicle. But the car can't come up to you and negotiate prices with you. It's just an inanimate object. It's a depreciable asset, as I say. And, of course, we're going to talk about that down the road as well. (laughs) Excuse me. But... The salesperson is that median, is that is 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 the go between for the vehicle. So they have to get to you in a way that is non-threatening, and then that's the dealership stepping into the 21st century. I have to talk to you as a salesperson um, about your needs and your desires, almost like from a counseling session. So I'm non-threatening because. We buy emotionally, okay? Back in the days when I was a, you know, a young car salesman, and mind you, a little, little of my background, I've been started in the car business in the early 90s, and I went all the way to the top to actually owning a car dealership. And so you're talking about salesperson, sales manager, um, finance manager, general manager, and dealer owner. But as a salesperson, my job was to get your money, my money, out of your pocket. That was that was the only thing that I cared about, getting my money out of your pocket. And if you came to the dealership unprepared, that's what I was going to do. And before you left, you were going to drive the car. I know some of you are going to say, God, this guy is cocky. This guy is arrogant. Well, yes, I am, but it's, it's, I'm a changed man now. I'm doing it to let you know what you're going to expect when you get to the dealership. But I was so cocky that when you walked into my dealership, I told you what you were going to buy. I told you what you were going to pay for it. If you wanted a red Porsche, then I sold you a blue Porsche. Okay? If you came in and said you wanted leather seats, I made it sure, made sure that you bought cloth or veneer. 
okay, vinyl, regardless. It didn't, and I worked at several dealerships. But my goal was to knock you off guard. If I came, if you came to the dealership and I allowed you to get what you wanted, then it defeated my purpose. And, of course, it was all a game to me. I didn't care how you looked, how pretty you were, if you were female, how well-dressed you were, females or males. I didn't care. All I cared about was getting my money out of your pocket. And I did whatever I had to do to get my money out of your pocket. And understand, I excelled. I didn't just do very good. I did exceptionally well as a salesman. I made a lot of money because it was my playing field, it was my game, and I loved when people came to the dealership and negotiated with me. I loved that because now I want to capitalize on what you have to get what I want. But enough of me bragging about me, okay? Like I said, I'm a change man. Now my goal is to teach you what I knew from the inside so you can go in and not just, you know, beat the people up. This, 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 the show is not about that. The show is about equalizing the playing field so, and, uh, and, and, of course, teaching you things that you need to know so it makes you a better consumer, uh, a better, wiser consumer. And as you become a better, wiser consumer, you're going to spend money wisely and not tap so much into the mental ownership of the vehicle, but actually the 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 physicalness of the of the dealership of the vehicle, um, the actual rates, the actual prices of the dealership or of the car, and you know the financing charges and the fees and everything that's involved make you a wiser a wiser consumer. Um, so we start out with things like <clears throat> a series of questions, of course. You, if you get the book, when you get the book, you can go to Amazon.com um, and just you know click on the category of books and type in how to legally steal your next vehicle. You can pick your book up there. I have been putting out on our website, um, legallysteal.info, www.legallysteal.info, where you can go right there and get your book. I wouldn't do that. I would actually go to Amazon. And, and get my book. And here's the reason why. Remember, my goal is to teach you to save money. So it would be unfair if I started out by sending you to our website. And we're going to change that. We're in the process of getting that changed. But if I'm going to send you to our website and have you pay $15 for the book, but now pay another $9.50 for shipping. Now, I understand, you know, the the publisher has a an account with UPS, because they're going to ship it ground, it's going to be insured. But really, you're not going to get any faster than you would if you went to Amazon. If they don't have it on in, on the shelves, they can get it for you pretty quickly, and you can have that book in your hand, and you know, in a matter matter of days. Uh, so I wouldn't spend an additional ten dollars, nine, ten dollars for a fifteen dollar product when I could get it, you know, cheaper. And they may have it right there in the store. So I don't want to give you. I don't want to do that injustice to you. I want you to actually go and, and you know shop around, but definitely get the book. Get the book. Get the book. I cannot express that or stress that enough. You need the book. But <clears throat> you want to start asking yourself questions like, "What am I looking for in my next vehicle?" Okay, uh, what amenities do I need versus what amenities do I want? Very important question, am I a payment buyer or a cash buyer? 
how soon do I need versus how soon do I want to purchase a vehicle? And all these questions are really profound. We're going to go into them more in depth so you really understand asking yourself these these questions will give you far more insight into yourself. And It's almost like creating a budget for yourself, but you're creating a picture for yourself before you actually run to the dealership and purchase that vehicle. So now when you go in, you're going to know exactly what you want and how to add in the amenities and negotiate them as well. Another question is, what am I willing to endure before I purchase my next vehicle? So, again, these are very important questions um, that you're going to need. Let's go back to the first one. What am I looking for in my next vehicle? Now, every, another stat, every two minutes in America, there's a car commercial on. And these car commercials actually become what is what is clichedly known as white noise. What is white noise? Well, white noise is, is you know you're bombarded with commercials where you don't you don't pay attention to them anymore. Every manufacturer has a commercial out. And, you know, you see them as those commercials, and if you have, you know, DVR, you fast-forward it through them. Or if you have, you know, regular TV, normally people will cut the, cut the volume down because they just don't want to hear it. They do not want to hear the commercials. So, you know, when you pick up a newspaper or, you know, paying attention to television advertising about the book, you actually start, you know, you know assessing your needs for your next vehicle. And this is a very important step because it will decrease your ability of making serious financial mistakes on the purchase. And, you know, as your journey continues, you become more aware of certain styles, certain features, um, the different colors of vehicles um, that are on the market, and you'll be able to compare them, you know, to make sure you're getting what you need first and then what you want. Um, you know, in this assessment of yourself, you should include things like performance ratings, uh, national safety ratings, uh, your comfortability, annual fuel usage, um, national recalls if there if there, if there are any on the vehicle, um, and of course, with the internet at your, at your fingertips nowadays, you really shouldn't be making a mistake. Uh, doing your research, you should really be able to dig in and find out if this vehicle is going to be the vehicle you need to take you to, you know, to get things accomplished as you need to get them done. Um, so I guess I, I should say you should never go to the dealership, never, ever, ever, very important, never go to the dealership without obtaining this type of information because if you go in and depend on the salesperson to tell you, uh, everything about the vehicle, then you're already at a disadvantage because I'm going to tell you what I want you to know. Um, and, of course, this is a chance for you to realistically self-evaluate before allowing the salesperson to obscure your view about the purchase. Remember, if you want unbiased information, seek the information out yourself. Um, do your research. Do your homework. And, you know, it'll get you. It'll it'll get you what you need. Um, the next question: What amenities do I need versus what amenities that I want? 
um, the more you do research, the more you'll become in tune with what you need versus what you want. Basically, you know, start by meeting what I call the needs test. Um, and it's a, it's, it's a series of questions, but you do the need test, and it will put you more in line and on track of where you need to be. And, you know, once you fulfill this need test, <clears throat> then you can start adding items that you want. And, you know, first is like, do I, again, do I need a two-door, which is normally your coupes, or do I need a four-door, your sedans? If you have, you know, if you're a single person and you don't plan on having a family or you don't carry a lot of passengers with you, then you can look at getting a two-door coupe. But mind you, two-door coupes are considered sport cars. So normally you're going to pay more for a sports car than you will a sedan. But, you know, it's your choice. It's your call. Just remember, your goal is to get what you need, get what you want, add those wants to it, and save yourself thousands of dollars. Now, do you need a four-cylinder, V6, V8? If you live in a, let's say, Arizona flatlands or Delta of Mississippi, well, you know, a four-cylinder might be adequate for what you need because you're not going to be pulling a lot of heels. Everything is really flat, and a four-cylinder will get you where you need to go. Save you a lot of gas money, too, but it'll get you where you need to go uh, with enough pulling power um, where you don't have to look at buying a V6 or something like that. As for myself, I always buy V6s. Why? Because I do a lot of traveling, and I want the I want the gusto when I need it, but I don't want the fuel burn cost when I don't need it. And then you go to your V8s. Well, now look at your vehicle. If you're buying a, for instance, an SUV, uh, you don't want a V6 in it because just with the weight of the vehicle itself, you're going to be burning up a lot of fuel in pulling that vehicle. So you definitely want to get something like a V8 because when you go to adding in, you know, we don't look at it this way, but um, you add in four people out of a family, you're at, you, you know, you're somewhere between six and eight hundred additional pounds that's added to that vehicle. Now the pulling weight has increased. You know, you go on vacation, you throw some luggage in and those pounds can add up pretty quick, so you want to have something that's going to, you know, be adequate for the fuel burn and, you know, not berate your pockets and take all of your money. Again, air conditioner. Do you want a um, manual versus an automatic? Well, I myself, I love to drive both, manual or automatic. doesn't make a difference to me. However, if you're in certain areas where, you're going to be doing a lot of towing or hauling or pulling. You may want to look at an automatic. I mean, I'm sorry, you may want to look at a manual. Now, of course, automatics with overdrives are, are really good these days. So, you know, you can actually buy that automatic transmission with the overdrive on it, and it's going to, you know, still give you the same pulling power that you need. Uh, tilt, tilt and cruise on your vehicle. Uh, power steering. Radio CD versus, you know, radio CD with satellite radio. Leather versus cloth. Power windows versus manual windows. It's, you don't find a lot of manual windows, especially on, um, um, I guess you would say, semi-luxurious models. Uh, but still, they still sell them. And, and later we're going to talk about packages and how 
vehicles are sold in packages where you can actually go and look at, a, at two identical vehicles, you know, looks from the outside that you think are the same, and they both have different packages on them. But we'll get into that. Sunroof versus moonroof. You know, the reason you're asking yourself this question is, truly is very simple. From my years of being in the industry, I noticed the majority of my consumers that came to buy vehicles based their purchase on their wants, or <laughs> at the time, what I wanted to sell them. But they based it on their wants and not their needs. Taking this time to assess your personal situation can save you not only money, but can also save you the awkwardness of buying a vehicle that doesn't fit your situation. Now, what does he mean about a vehicle that doesn't fit your situation? Think about it for a second. How many times have we seen a person driving a vehicle that doesn't fit them? For instance, um, a mother of three driving a two-door convertible? Or, let's say, an obese man driving a four-door hatchback little small car? Or a, you know, um, and of course I'm being very candid in what I'm saying because I do not want to offend anybody, but a person that's, you know, say driving, you know, maybe 4'11", 5 feet, but driving this monstrous vehicle, well, a lot of those people are buying those vehicles because of, of what they want. Then you know they're not really assessing their needs properly, um, and this can get you in trouble. It can get you in a lot of trouble because now you have this vehicle that you're paying for, but it's not it's not fitting fitting your purpose. Um, so you want to be careful in that, and of course, making the making the right decisions. Um, Will 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 allow you to save the money and save the awkwardness. Um, another reason for this question is because you know, as I was telling you about packages, most vehicles are sold in packages. Now, packages are the items that have been manufactured to create a control response from the consumer. What do I mean? Well, as I you know, I talked about the air conditioner. Well, we know that in in the South, if you buy a vehicle, you have to buy a vehicle with air because it's going to be too hot. Well, the manufacturer knows that too because they do a lot of market research. They look at what you want. Um, they look at, for instance, Tampa. Tampa has a ton of radio shows, um, but a lot of the wattage is not not that good because you have across the corridor of I-4, here is Orlando, another metropolitan city. So, you know, we don't want to be bashing into each other as far as our radio shows and 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 the different signals that we put it out. So satellite radio is a is is a hot item down here. Especially when you're driving that long distance from Orlando down to uh Miami, um or up to Jacksonville. Well, satellite radio is 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 a is a hot item. So if we can sell that vehicle on a package it's going to, you know, lead us to the buying habits of our consumers. We know what they want, so we sell these things in, the, in, in these packages. Um, and remember I was talking about those two identical vehicles sitting there beside each other? Well, let's give you an example. Um, let's say car A has 
let's say a package 22B, B as in Bravo. This vehicle, this this package might contain a V6 engine with a five-speed manual transmission, power locks, AM/FM stereo with a, with a CD player, and manual windows. Package doesn't include air conditioner, um, but this package would be you know specific region. That one without the air conditioner would be more of a uh, region specific to a cooler climate. But here's another vehicle right beside it, a package 22C. And both of these are four-door sedan. Uh, let's say they're both blue, um, standard stock wheels on it. But it contains a package 22C, and this package might be a V6, but this one has a four-speed automatic transmission, power locks, and windows. The other one only had power locks. This one has power windows, radio, CD player, air conditioner, and satellite radio. Now you have a... Let's go. Let's be creative. Let's put a third vehicle there, right beside each other, all the same color. It has a package 22D on it, and it contains package 22C, all the things I named before, but it also contains a CD changer, not just a player. CD changer with satellite radio, aluminum wheels, and a keyless entry, and let's say, you know, with a push-button start ignition. Now, each of these each of these packages will have a, a different price variation. But by paying close attention to the example of the packages, you'll be able to find, you know, the items offered in a vehicle in which are more interested in for you purchasing, but it's going to fit the price that you want to pay for it. Okay? So you've got to be very careful. Just do your homework. And I talk about free stuff in the book. What is free stuff when you're buying a car? You want to get as much free stuff as you can. Now, years ago, um, Honda, Honda Corporation used to lead the pack because <clears throat> they would give you, they would sell you a car, but it had, you know, a lot of the amenities in it already, which is, you know, considered standard equipment. So you didn't have to go out and buy a CD player because it was part of the standard equipment. Well, on the flip side, Toyota was the opposite. Toyota would have, you know, really good cars, such as Honda, but they would have, they would do what we said in the car business, they would nickel and dime you to death. If you wanted a CD player, well, it came with AMF and stereo. And, of course, back in the days when I was selling, you had cassettes. But, yeah, I know, a lot, a lot, a lot of young people don't know what a cassette is, but it had cassettes in the cars, also CD players. But if you wanted to get a CD player in that car, well, it was a different package, so it was going to cost you more. And those are the type of things that you want to look at. Um, Hyundai Corporation, Hyundai, Hyundai Motors, uh, another dealer that a lot of amenities or, or the free stuff are already included in your standard package deal. So you want to shop around, make sure you're getting all the standard equipment you can before you go to add on additional items that's going to cost you more money. Now, down to a very, very important question. Am I a payment buyer or am I a cash buyer? Well, I told you that 97% of Americans are payment buyers. And, you know, 91% of the vehicles that are bought and sold are either financed or purchased on credit. Um, this being the case with the majority of Americans being, you know, the American consumers being payment buyers, you want to know, 
can you afford that new vehicle? Most of us can't afford to pay cash for it uh, because your average car is for, you know, middle-class America. It's going to cost you between twenty and thirty thousand dollars. So we don't run out and take cash and go and pay for that car. Another important fact before we go any further. <clears throat> excuse me. Another important fact is to know. Look at the vehicle, the vehicle themselves, and and realize. I just I just lost my thought. But okay, never mind. It'll come back because we're going to start talking about this again knowing how much you can afford to buy that vehicle for is going to be key. Now, many of us in middle-class America, we have we make a certain income and we have to make ends meet on a monthly basis. So everything that we do, things that we're buying there, we're buying them based on what we can afford to pay for that item. A month. The thought just came back to me. Vehicles are normally the most second costly or second most expensive item that people buy. That will find, you know they will finance house homes or houses normally being the number one item, but we get into buying and we will pay a lot of money for that second item. Remember, it's a depreciable item. It's something that you need, and it doesn't make a difference if it's a Bentley or if if it's a Chevy Cobalt. You need the vehicle, and by the way, they all depreciate, and they depreciate every mile, every day, every year. So you have to look at that. Matter of fact, it was a funny thing. I was looking at the news the other morning, and there was a Bentley broken down on 275, if I'm not mistaken, a Bentley on 275. Must have been embarrassing, but that goes to show you that they're all depreciable items, and they all will break down at some point. So it doesn't make a difference what you buy; it's going to depreciate in value. But for the payment buyers um, trying to make ends meet, I've created a different formula. I created a formula that will give you an approximately uh, monthly payment for the vehicle, you know, that you're going to buy. Barring any, you know, certain additions like your taxes, your insurance, your interest rates, and warranties, um, but you know, this formula will give you a near shot approximation of what your car payment is going to be. So this is why it's very important to know if you're going to be a payment buyer, then these are the things that you need to look at. And the formula is basically this: uh, you should take the manufacturer's suggested retail price. That's that MSRP of the vehicle and divide it by 1,000, okay? And this number, the 1,000 represents um, the numbers of $1,000 included in the suggested retail price of the vehicle. So um, let's say, for instance, you take a $20,000 car and you divide it by 1,000. Well, you're going to get what I call a monthly factor of 20, all right? So that means for every twenty dollars that you spend a month, that's it's costing you a thousand dollars total. Okay, so once you take this score, take this number, 
it's going to put you now remember this number has no finance charges in it it's just the price of the car now you take this number and you multiply this number by the number of months that you want to pay for the car okay and it's going to it's going to tell you basically what your payment is going to be but the formula is it goes more into because I have to talk about the credit now. This is where the credit comes in. Um, let's say you have perfect credit. Now, perfect credit is somewhere above 750 points, and that's your own, on your Beacon or your FICO score. Um, 750 points should qualify you for a 16.667 dollars amount financing. Per month, and that's zero percent interest. Okay, so basically, for you know that car is going to be you'll finance it for let's say sixty months at sixteen dollars and sixty seven cents per thousand. So you'll multiply that sixteen dollars times your let's say seventeen dollars. You'll multiply that times your twenty dollars. Okay, that's going to give you your monthly payment for that vehicle. Now, that has no taxes, no insurance. Remember that. None of that stuff included in it. It's just your $16, and that's for five years. Now, you're going to adjust it a little bit, and, of course, the book is going to show you in detail of how to break these numbers down, but you're going to adjust it if you finance for 72 months versus if you finance for 48 months. If you finance for 48 months, then you're going to knock that amount down um, to – I think it's like $14 and some change versus, I'm sorry, 48 months is going to be a little bit higher because you're going a smaller amount. So for 48 months, you want to add about $4, all right? And for 72 months, you want to subtract about nearly $3 from that 1667 Now, of course, all these numbers I'm throwing at you, like I said, once you get the book, it will be very easy to understand. The book breaks it down, and it can show you what you're going to be paying for that vehicle every month. But for this purpose, we're going to talk about um, that $16.67. So we're going to do this for 60 months. Now, um, it's going to cost you roughly 300 about 300 here we go, on a $22,000 car. I'm doing the numbers here, working it out. Let's see. We said a thousand dollars was twenty-two thousand dollar car. We said first. I know I said twenty, but let's do twenty-two. Twenty-two thousand dollar car. You get a monthly factor of twenty-two. All right, and this is at zero percent APR. Now, because it's zero percent APR, your financing rate or financing factor on that is going to be sixteen dollars and sixty-seven cents. So your car note for sixty months is going to cost you. Let me see. $366.74. All right? Sounds good. Sounds good. $22,000 car finding its finance because you got perfect credit, 0% APR. It'll cost you about $366. Now, that $366, let's talk about that for a second. When I was in the car business, a lot of people would love to come to the dealership and say these magic words. I, for the longest time, I thought $500 was the down payment that everybody would pay. And I thought $250 was the magical car note. Okay, 
What I just showed, what I just did, this 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 little illustration we did, twenty two thousand dollar car at zero percent interest rate for sixty months is three hundred and sixty six dollars and seventy four cents a month. No way can you get to two hundred and fifty dollars a month. Okay, let me take that back. You can, but remember I told you that factor of twenty when you did the little division. If you want to get down to two hundred fifty dollars a month, you have to deduct thousand dollars from the price of the car and the only way you're going to deduct a thousand dollars from the price of the car is you're going to have to put that number of thousand dollars down towards the price of the car okay that's the only way you're going to get down to that price let's do a comparable of that twenty two dollar or twenty two thousand dollar car at zero percent APR okay here's the comparison take the same car do the same monthly factor of twenty two dollars but let's say your credit is good, not great. So you have, let's say, 680 Beacon score. That's 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 good. It's a good credit score. And you qualify for, say, a 7% interest rate. Still kind of good. Seven point. Let's say seven for you know for for example's sake, seven point four two percent. Well, now you're going to be financing about $20 per thousand instead of $16.67. Now, if you do those numbers, 22 times 20, your car note for 60 months is going to be $440. That's uh, about an $80 increase from having perfect credit. Now, let's just say for bad credit purposes. Let's just talk about that for a second. That same card, $22,000, month monthly factor. You got an interest rate of approximately 26%. And I, I can hear you now. Who's going to pay 26% for a car? Remember, I told you vehicles are something we need, not necessarily something we want. We have to have them. And if you're making money, and I've done it, seen it, done it and seen it too many times, but put people in interest rates like that. Now, your financing rate for that vehicle is almost $30 per thousand that you're financing. That's going to give you a monthly payment for 60 months of $659. Let's say $660 because it's $659.99. $660. That's nearly $300 more per month if you had perfect credit you would be paying that less. So this is how important it is to knowing who you are and doing an assessment on yourself um, before you ever get to the dealership. Remember, you can lose a lot of money by not knowing what to do. Another important piece, how soon do you need to buy? I had, matter of fact, my nephew a couple of weeks called me and was ready to go and get a Tahoe. Um, the SUV, Chevy Chevy Tahoe, and single man. Um, but I told him, how soon do you want to get this vehicle? He's like, well, I'm ready to get it now. I went and looked at the vehicle, of course, didn't do anything I said do. I'm ready to go to the dealership now. I'm ready to get it now. Okay, let's slow it down for a minute. Let's back up. Why do you need the vehicle so bad right now? Um... Because I want it, right? Not because he needs it, because he wants it. Well, 
the prices that they quoted him because he didn't know what his credit was like. He didn't know how to negotiate his interest rates. It was a three-year-old vehicle that they quoted him a price of nearly $500 a month. $500 a month for 60 months. I told him, no way, no way, stop. Don't tell me you can afford it because, you know, I understand you have a good job and you can afford it. You can afford it. But why would you pay that type of money when you don't have to? And if your credit has problems, build your credit up. Get your credit back online before you actually go and do something like that. So knowing how soon, you know, do you need the vehicle versus how how soon do you want the vehicle is also going to save you thousands of dollars. Also, when you go into the dealership and they see you need the vehicle, that's a sign of desperation. Desperation is going to cost you thousands of dollars, and they can smell it. They can smell it as like a fresh keel. They can smell the blood. You walk in needing, we're going to get you. Um, And if you're not careful, you're not going to pay close enough attention to the salesperson tactics. So never let the salesperson know you're in in a rush or you need to desperately get your vehicle now. Likewise, you should not reveal the amount of money you want to pay for the vehicle. However, at home, you need to budget it out. The magic number that I use is about 15%. 15% of your gross pay, okay? Never more than 15% of your gross pay, and that's not only to take care of your car note, but that's also to take care of the insurance payment and um, warranties and insurance and all that stuff on the vehicle. You want to make sure that that's budgeted in that 15%. When you go over that amount, you start to justify, okay? And remember, you don't go there to learn this process at the dealership. You do this at home before you ever get to the dealership because they're going to pounce on it. Um, and I want to get to some some key points before the show wraps up. we got about another six minutes left. Uh, and, of course, again, You'll be able to listen to the show because it's going to be podcasted or, or you know, go to Blog Talk Radio slash Legally Steal Show, um, and you'll be able to pick up the show there. But And we'll talk about more about that right before we get off the air. But in this instance, um, a couple of things I want to talk about. Buying your vehicle. What's the best time? I hear that all the time. What is the best time to buy my vehicle? Is there a good time of the month, a good day of the week? Yes, it is. Um, it's also, you know, the dealers understand this, and it's almost a science. It's almost a science. The best day of the week, well, let's start with the time of the day. The best time of the day is in the evening, okay? Dealership is tired. The dealers are tired, man. Salespeople are tired. They're ready to go home, so you can go in evening times. Best day of the week, Monday or Tuesday. Why? Because... Activity is normally slower at the dealership on Monday and Tuesday. They're normally coming off of a big weekend or weekend where a lot of people, because, you know, remember, we are payment buyers, so we're working Americans. We have to go on the weekend to get our vehicle. Normally they're processing the deals on, on, on Monday and Tuesday from the weekend. Um, best time of the month, near the end of the month. And the best time of the year is, of course, the end of the fiscal year. Um for a lot of dealers, which is, you know, going to fall around because they do things in quarters. And when I say fiscal, you're talking about the money aspect. 
also in line with the new year car models. So that's normally in August and September. And, of course, the actual calendar year, the month of December. They want to get that stuff off of their books because the longer it stays on their books, they have to pay uh, taxes on it, avalorum taxes if it stays on their lots for so long. They have to now start paying for that lot, that vehicle sitting on their lot, which is why um, you can go to the dealership and you can look at two identical cars look just alike. They have the same price on them, but the manager will give you a better deal on vehicle A than he will on vehicle B. Why? Because vehicle A may have been on his lot for over 45 days. If it's on that lot for over 45 days, then they're going to have to start discounting that car to get it out of there. Uh, 60 days, come on, that thing is sitting on the lot, and it's, and it's costing them money. However, if it's there for a few days, just came off the truck, just came out from getting PDI'd, and that's prep for the, for the, for the showroom floor, then the price is really not that much negotiable than it would on the car that's sitting there the longest. So these times of the day, the you know the hour, the month, these things are used, you can use to catch the dealer off guard because if you're going in and you're ready to buy, then they're going to be ready to sell. But if you catch them off guard, you may catch them at a bit of a dis- disadvantage, which is going to work out to be best for you. And, of course, the last one, is what are, what are you willing to endure before you purchase your next vehicle? Now, this, this, this question poses a multitude of answers. And first, let's begin with time. Time is a very important aspect of buying a vehicle. Most consumers don't have sufficient time to buy the vehicle. Remember, most consumers are payment buyers, and most payment buyers are working class with families. So time is of the essence. Time is sparse, so they don't have a lot of time to buy the vehicle. Um, the next item is, of course, the vehicle search. Searching for that vehicle takes a lot of time as well because you're on the Internet, you're doing a lot of things to pull up and find that vehicle. So you want to make sure that you have adequate time to do the vehicle search and do a thorough search. Um, and like I was talking about before, you're being bombarded with uh, a bunch of information. And remember, Fulfilling your needs, purpose of your vehicle, size of your vehicle, comforts and convenience, fuel economy, etc. These are the issues you need to consider. So you've got to be attentive to consider the annual cost of ownership of your vehicle, fuel, maintenance, insurance for your vehicle. Once you've decided on the fulfillment of your needs, then you can start adding your wants. Um, listen, again, I'll give you some of the pertinent information, and of course, tune in next Saturday. We're going to do it again. We're going to have a different session, and I'll be posting it and letting you know what's coming up. But um, you'll be able to email me directly, email the show, that's T-H-E-S-H-O-W, at legallysteal.info. And if you miss this this segment live, you'll still be able blog talk radio and you'll be able to listen to it a lot of good information and of course send me your responses those that have bought the book give me your feedback let me know what you think and i look forward to talking to you on next week so stay tuned get as much knowledge as you can remember knowledge is potential power applied knowledge is power and at the legally steel show we're teaching you the knowledge and the skills so you can steal your next purchase. All right. It was great talking to you, and I'll see you 
next week, or we'll talk to you next week, same time, 2 p.m. on Saturday. Have a great weekend and save yourself thousands of dollars. Get the book, Amazon.com, How to Legally Steal Your Next Vehicle and Save Thousands. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.